Hello, folks, and welcome back to Culture Dumps. I'm Ryan Lichten, and I'm here with Parks Miller. Hello. Parks, we did a show without you. You did. Yeah. We, we Woodstock did. show. Yeah. Podcast 99, our other show, we did a... An event, and uh, it went it went really well. Um, I, well, who the fuck is we? If I wasn't there, huh? Yeah, uh, me and the, the the whole team of people that I had uh, doing it. We we <laughs> know, had uh, we had strong world comedy uh, posing as uh, as as Woodstock '99 security and and shit, and that was they killed it. I was I was very pleased. It was like walking into like a Woodstock '99 themed haunt. Is is what is what it was. Yeah, you. It sounded like it was it was really great. Uh, I couldn't be there. Couldn't fork up the cash for a plane ticket. However, if you want to help us do more shows in LA yeah. and abroad, anywhere you else, sign yeah. up to our Patreon. Yes, or you could purchase an item from our new web store, culturedumps.bigcartel.com. Yeah, but we'll plug all that stuff heavily towards the end because today. We're introducing kind of a new series within our series. This is generally something that we would normally do on Patreon, but we get these suggested to us so much that we decided to just make a, like a legit dump. Um, but this, there's going to be more than one of these. This is Banned Toys Volume 1, where we're going to be discussing yes. you know tragic toys, toys with some kind of scandal attached to them. There's so many that we can't just do like, each one with their own episode that that's just ban too much band as in not allowed not band as in not allowed not like band not like group of rock group band. Of musicians yeah <laughs> yep yeah so I, I had that confusion uh earlier today yeah yeah and, and again like we get these sent, sent to us all the time like at the end of every episode as you guys know we always say you know send us an email this is like a this is the emails incarnate <laughs> like mm -hmm. so many people particularly uh what one of the toys that we're discussing today but uh why yes, are banned absolutely. toys a dump why is it a dump well banned toys are dumps because they exemplify jumping the gun so to speak a lot goes into toy development and production, and for a dangerous toy to actually make it to the shelves of stores is a mind-boggling concept. Despite all of the checks in place during not only the design and testing stages, but also the manufacturing stage, packaging stage, shipping stage, and finally sales, some terrible toys make it out into the world. Banned toys, especially the most extreme examples, serve to steal away the innocence of youth by introducing danger into what should be a safe situation and in turn become the stuff of dump legend. Yeah, right. It's a toy. I mean, that kind of implies fun, safe. You think of kids. It's something that doesn't isn't super involved. And yeah, it definitely shouldn't be dangerous. Right now, I feel like we've had a few toy related or at you know we've had like the cabbage patch kids tickle me elmo not for the same reasons but it is interesting how toys are a part of pop culture and i don't usually think of them because obviously no one's really holding toys up to the same like artistic merit as they would music or movies uh but they really can be a huge part of pop culture. I mean, take Legos, yeah. for example. Like, everyone knows what that is. And that's actually a pretty genius uh, toy. Yeah, vibrators. 
You know, it's like, <laughs> these, yeah. we all yeah. know it. We all play with them. Yeah. You know, but right. sometimes things can go, things can go wrong. And that's what, uh, that's what we're doing. We're going to talk about a couple of toys today. Uh, we're obviously not going to get to all of your favorite fatal fun time play things. Uh, but again, this is just volume one. So every once in a while, you know, we're almost at episode a hundred, which is insane. So thank you to those of you that have been there since the, since the start, those of you that, you know, came on to the dump boat recently. Um, so, yeah. We thanks were... to all the listeners. Thanks to us. Thanks to you, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan's really the, Ryan's the captain keeping the dump boat afloat, if you haven't realized. Yeah. Yes, you are the, the, the dump floater. Um, and if you've been with us this long or if you're just joining us, you're at a special time. Stick around for episode 100. Yeah. We're going to do something real special, real near and dear to our hearts. Yeah, so, so much so that I don't even know what's going to come this. in between this episode and, and, and 100 because this is going to be 97. So I still have 98 and 99 to do. I have no idea what those are going to be, but I know what 100 through 104 is. You know? But, um, right. You know, but we'll, we'll get there. So we'll get there. Uh, as the podcasters say, let's dive right into it or let's get right into it, folks. Whatever they say. I don't know. I'm not, we're not like legit podcasters. <laughs> I think they say, Hey guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so first up, we want to talk about aqua dots, aqua dots, the short lived arts and crafts toy that was on shelves from 2004 to 2007. Essentially, aqua dots were small multicolored beads of various shapes that would bind together after getting wet. The idea being that kids would make designs with the beads, spray them with water, and then they would have a fully connected art piece. And I know what you're thinking. Sounds like a choking hazard. And you're right. But that isn't what got mm -hmm. Aqua Dots banned. Now, obviously, there's a long history of toys being banned as being a choking hazard. Lots of kids have unfortunately died from choking on small pieces of toys. Um, but we're trying to pick banned toys that are a little more... Um, interesting than that i want to say you know like if we were going to do banned toys and just do choking hazards ones we'd be here all decade you know talking about that right because you can yeah I mean, fucking kids like will choke on really, anything dude that's a really weird and morbid fact like how many children have died on choking on toys throughout the years well if you go um, to like the the mutter museum in uh in philadelphia that's like a medical oddities kind of museum they have like these drawers and drawers and drawers of shit that they've pulled out of people's stomachs that people have swallowed. And it's like jacks, bouncy balls, hot wheels, like anything that you play with that's like smaller or like the uh, the size of a chicken nugget or smaller, kids will try and eat it. Yes. Yeah. And I, I have a choking story from, I mentioned Legos. Is it appropriate? Legos have, it's, it's appropriate. It was just scary. I mean, it's, it's nothing crazy. <laughs> It's just that, you know, Lego has the smallest pieces, the one by one piece. And it's very yeah. essential. And I was a kid who didn't have the patience to try and pry those. Those pieces were hard to get off. So I would use my <laughs> oh, no. teeth, which is I'm sure I feel like someone else has had to have done this. But you're trying to pry off this little thing with your teeth. And then I just you <laughs> swim back and <laughs> just... And my mom freaking saved my life. You know, she like get, I don't know, give me the Heimlich or whatever Oy. she did. Um, but yeah, I remember the very acute sensation of having this hard plastic square lodged in my throat. And, and you know, momentarily having that fear. Oh, yeah. Of, 
I can't breathe. I'm going to fucking die on a Lego. Did you try um, just swallowing it first? No. I mean, I think I was I was pretty young and my mom was right there when I was, you know, playing with it. But I just remember I did finally like yeah. sort of sort of puke <laughs> it up into the sink and all this nasty kind of mucus comes out too with it. Oh boy. Um, I don't know if it stopped me from using my teeth. Uh but that also reminds me, uh, just a year ago, I choked on a nacho. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> um, I just, I was hungry. I took too big a bite. It was, it, was food. it was literally the same sensation. And uh, I was talking and they were, but well, I was having a conversation, but the other person was talking and I just wasn't saying anything because I thought I could you know I'm an adult now supposedly and I thought I, I can get this I'm not gonna let this adults nacho choke, dude. haven't you seen me. Mrs. Doubtfire <laughs> yeah so they're they just keep talking and it's one of those is literally one of those things where I'm like I can't answer them <laughs> and then when they finally stop talking they look at me like are you okay and then I I finally had to go to like a uh, trash can and sort of do a weird weird vomit Oh, um, like a cat, like worked it out. Just a little, yeah. So, you know, I, I choked on a gobstopper when I was a kid, but then I swallowed it. But it was like whole, like I just put it in my mouth. So I was like freaking out. I was like, Mom, I swallowed the whole gobstopper. And my mom had this thing that she would do where, like, when I was really sad or scared, she would just like fuck with me to like show me like how stupid it was that I was like freaking out over like when i had for, for instance i had a goldfish that died and i was like crying about it like before we flushed it and i asked my mom like like what's for dinner and she's like fish sticks and i was like ah! but like when i swallowed a gobstopper after i choked on it for a second i was like i swallowed the whole thing what's gonna happen she's like well we just have to listen when you go poop for a little ping in the toilet bowl and i was just like what like so yeah but i've never actually like choke choked um just like close, which I don't, is crazy because I, I eat like yeah. a fucking pig. I don't even know if it really counts. Uh, I think the choking can get much worse. Uh, but yeah, I momentarily choked. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But anyway, so, so yes. Aquadots. <laughs> I did want to say, so these, when we were, when I was looking this up, I confused these with fuse beads or perler beads. I don't know. And that is an that's an old. It's essentially the aqua dots is basically kind of a ripoff. Fuse beads and perler beads are the same thing. You arrange these different color beads onto a board of pegs to create designs. You can make flowers, butterflies, whatever you want. But fuse beads and perler beads use heat oh. to uh, fuse it together, and then you can remove it, and you have this sort of plastic disc. So the, and those were around in the '80s when toys were really dangerous, <laughs> like right. And well, you're adding heat to it as I was well. About to say, but yeah, but the but the the aqua. So that's just for anyone if you're curious what an aqua dot is, because I was having the weirdest sensation because you know it says here in your notes like the aqua dots were around from 2004 to 2007. I was like, I know that I saw these before 2004. Like when I was a kid, I saw them. But it was these fuse beads. Um, oh, I know what you're that, talking about. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That's what I saw. But the aqua dots, it, you just use water. It seems like to... a safer alternative. 
or it seems is like it? a safe yeah <laughs> right 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 so they were also marketed so. you know in the US they were marketed as aqua dots but they were created in Australia where they were known as bindies uh, bindies I, yeah i was about to say i'm sure with the accent it sounds way better um, other countries sold them as aqua beads or beados um, and you know now these there weren't technically we're, we're getting off to a weird start because they weren't really banned per se but it's a great place to start volume one of banned toys and we'll explain that shortly so upon the release in 2004 aqua dots quickly became one of the hottest selling toys of its time with millions of units sold in fact in 2007 aqua dots or bindies these nuts won the australian toy of the year award but 2007 proved to be a big year for aqua dots after winning Toy of the Year in their country of origin, the toy would come under serious fire for posing an unexpected threat to young children, or really, anyone who chose to ingest the dots. Now, uh, also just for reference, these retailed at about 17 to 24 bucks for the set. Um, now we're getting into it. So, it was July of 2007 when 18-month-old Ryan Monhey of Gilbert, Arizona, swallowed several of the Aquadot beads. Initially, his parents weren't too worried because the size of the beads would be easily passable. But when baby Ryan started violently vomiting, paramedics were called and he was airlifted to Mercy Gilbert Medical Center, where he lapsed into a coma shortly after his breathing had stopped. Ryan pulled through, but not without permanent brain damage, among other injuries. The cause of this terrible Oof. episode was at that point anyone's guess. So, yeah, like on his way to the hospital, he was having seizures and then the respiratory failure. It was a very, very serious whole big deal. So once the boy's blood work came back, which included a screening for poisons and drugs, it was discovered that he had ingested a sizable dose of the infamous date rape drug GHB. The boy's parents, Beth and Mark, were instantly under suspicion, but quickly cleared of any wrongdoing. The question then became, how could an 18-month-old get their hands on GHB in a drug-free household? Well, it wasn't not the Aquadots. Right? So, so G right. It, um, and now, GHB, I've, I've heard of this. I mean, uh, this is one of those acronyms that... And you know about it, GHB being, I mean, the date rape drug, that's a very controversial substance. But I looked it up, it's gamma hydroxybutrate. Dr. Miller. So, <laughs> and, you know, I've always known, I've always heard what it, it does. And I, I mean, I guess part of it is it, it's supposed to make you pass out. It's, I think it was originally supposed to be treated uh, for insomnia. Yeah, it's like a tranquilizer. Something. Um, but then it also says that it can create feelings of like increased sexual desire which, and euphoria. Yes, which is true. Which, and it's it's a big rave drug as well. Um, you know, mix it's y'all it's always mixed with other stuff. Like that's the thing. Like if you can stay up through the drowsy effects, then it's like with quaaludes. If you can just stay up past the point where it's putting you to sleep, then you get to experience like the quote unquote fun part. And I know like you know, in like circuit parties and like like the you know, kind of old school gay party world, GHB is known as Gina, uh, whereas methamphetamine is known as Tina, GHB is known as Gina, and it was widely used. I mean, like it, it, it's very, mm -hmm. it was very, very popular, and in its in its most nefarious form, it's a clear, odorless, tasteless liquid. So it could easily be thrown into a drink, passed around in a water bottle. Drinks. Like that's the big thing at raves yeah. is, is it's not even slipped into cocktails. It's just like, oh, here, have some water. 
and like you just drink out of a water bottle and now you've had it. Um, but yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's known that's... like right alongside Rofflin or Rohypnol. Rofflin. <laughs> that sounds like a like a southern like Christian girl's baby name. Like, oh, this is Rofflin. But um, no, Rohypnol right. is, is that's, roofies. That's roofy. Yeah. So both of these are things that you just hear about uh, in a cultural context, mainly as please be careful of yeah. either of these substances or movies. Like I really kids. just didn't even know, you know, what, you know, they both have these, I mean, it's just, it's just wild how that stuff happens, right? Like a drug is created, you know, for one intention and then someone else is like, Oh, I could use it for this. Yeah. I could use this for serious Completely. fucking crime. Yeah. So four yeah. months after the incident, the company behind Aquadots, Spin Master Inc., and its sister company, Spin Master LLC, pulled Aquadots from shelves. The U.S. Consumer Product Safety Commission, we're gonna be using we're gonna be talking about them a lot in these series. They issued a voluntary recall of the toy. A voluntary recall. The recall resulted in 4.2 million units being taken off the market. The recall came after it was discovered that one of the chemicals used in producing the beads would break down into GHB if ingested. The Monhey family's legal team went after several entities. First, there was Toys R Us who sold them the toy. Then Spin Master for distributing the toy. And Moose Enterprise PTY Limited for designing the toy. Everyone's going down. Um, it's kind of like what we talked about with uh, on the Wendy's uh, Chili episode where... Uh, the lady, she wanted to sue the dealership where she bought a, a faulty car, but then that blended into suing General Motors and then Goodyear. So you, you go after everyone because it's not just one one company's fault, but it kind of is in this case. So Also just imagining all these different toy companies, like big toy. Yeah. You know, it's just like all these, <laughs> what are all these fucking companies, you know? And it's just, you know, you think about a toy, it's just made in some factory somewhere where By someone kids, is just usually unfortunately pouring tons of plastic into molds like how can we save even more like make more money i'm just which is going to be like, a big player in this like i'm picturing like a super creepy like vampiric like factory worker who's just like oh they're just they're just throwing all these away because because they have ghb in them they're just oh, gonna God. toss them <laughs> like oh, yeah. i'll make sure they make it to the dumpster yeah. Oh, fuck. So when the lawsuit was announced, Spin Master placed the blame on Moose Enterprise for subcontracting a Chinese company called JSSY Limited to produce the beads. That company, JSSY, substituted a chemical used in production for a cheaper alternative without notifying Moose. And that cheaper alternative would turn into GHB in your tummy. So essentially, it was the adhesive that they spray on the beads that's activated when it becomes wet. That's what fuses them together. But if you ingest it, it breaks down and like you know because your stomach acid just takes it, it takes it apart and it releases GHB into your system. And yeah. it's that's, uh, that's a lot. Yeah, that's pretty fascinating though because I mean you're essentially it's just di it's a different combination. I mean I do not know the science of how that works, but you've got no, one no. set of chemicals to make these plastic toys and then it's interacting with your stomach acid and then it's creating a powerful drug in right. your stomach. Right. right? I mean, like, that's how drugs are usually discovered like on accident, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, also that company JSSY, it's also juicy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I thought was like, that's juicy. Jussie, like, baby. Come get this. Come get this jussie. Come get this jussie. Yeah, we have G. Uh, but don't get these. Don't get this jussie. Don't get yeah. this jussie. Yeah. No, don't trust no. them. 
So in 2015, eight years after poor baby Ryan swallowed the aqua beads and landed himself in a coma, the Monhe family was awarded $435,000, which included $58,000 for medical bills. And the jury, what they did was, like, and what they do a lot of times in these cases is they split up who's responsible for what. So Toys R Us was let off the hook completely because it wasn't their fault that they got these toys that, again, had to go through rigorous testing, production, everything. You know, it's just up to right. them to sell them. But you don't – the thing is you probably – there wasn't uh, a testing for – GHB, yeah. Okay, I'm going to swallow this and see if I pass out and have a seizure. You know, that was probably not a category <laughs> of testing no. that they had. Can you imagine that um, guy's job I, at the though factory? I do. <laughs> but then it all, then you know, I'm like, well, do they have just like choking tests? I like, think it's just the size. They're like, yeah, oh, yeah, you could choke on that. But they're not. But there's not someone like okay, swallow this. Yeah, swallow this. <laughs> it's just like some like sloth from the Goonies, like chained to the wall. Like, uh, they're like feed it to him, see what happens. I mean, that's not like totally inaccurate from what we've heard about the way they test products. <laughs> it's not. not not Toys R Us specific, but that is kind of sometimes what happens. Right. Yeah. So and, you know that's why you got to keep your production. You know, you know, buy American. You know, where we know that there's no GHB on your aqua beads. Um, so Toys R Us was let off the hook, but Moose Enterprise was found to be 33% responsible um, just on their own, Because, but they also absorbed the 25% responsibility from Jissy because they allowed them to produce the toys on their behalf. Now, Spin Master, they got 15% of the blame, and then, and this is kind of fucked up, but I do get it, but Ryan's dad was deemed 2% responsible because it happened under his watch. I don't think that, right. like, uh, I don't know. That's kind of a hard thing for me to say, like, yeah, the dad's kind of responsible. I mean, these things happen. Like, any parent will tell you, not that I am one, but I, I know parents. I have some. Um, they will tell you that things happen in the blink of an eye, you know? Like, mm -hmm. all, like little kids looking at something, you're watching him look at something, then boop, pops into his mouth. Oh, shit. You know what I mean? It could happen with right. anything. Yeah, I mean, obviously... You know, you want to try and be a responsible parent, but you're also your own human being. And I, I mean, I can I can imagine that you're just talking about every single there is a period where a child for pretty much their entire waking existence cannot take care for themselves. Yeah, and it's then called they gradually, zero to 18. Right. Yeah. They, they gradually can start to take care of some elements of them. And you're kind of wondering, you know, when is this okay? And also you don't want to, uh, you know, be a helicopter parent as they call it and try to get them some independence. Well, you know what? Uh, if you're not a helicopter parent, your kid might end up being a helicopter kid. And by that, I mean being airlifted to a medical center. Oh, that's oh. right. That's right. So Take watch your children better. Yeah. You fuckers. watch what, what they're putting in them iPads. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You think, um, you think aqua beads are bad. Wait till a kid swallows an iPad. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, the factory also, that made them feel... got to blame, too. But, yeah. It, but it's got to feel weird also just to be involved in a suit when, you know, a loved one has been injured. And then you've got to go through this whole, you know, draining process of who's responsible, all these court cases. And then that seems that just seems weird to just I understand it, but to divide it into percentages and like. You're making like a responsibility pie, you right. know, 
like who's who's accountable for this and then there's this tiny little sliver of Ryan's well, dad. I, I mean, but in this particular case it is kind of complex because it's like, yeah, you have the company that created them, but obviously that company they're outsourcing to a factory or, or to a to a, a company that produces the things and that company outsources their work to a a, a, a secondary factory in, in China, this this Jesse company. And that right. company under with like unbeknownst to, to Moose Enterprises or Spin Master, they're like, oh well, we can save money without them knowing by like the chemicals that they told us to use to make this. We know that we can use this one to get the same effect because it's cheaper. But what so this no is, one knew this is a story. was that, yeah. Yeah, this is a story about globalization, is what it is. <laughs> Again, and every by American. This, yeah, because it's it's essentially the, oh, there's all these different huge toy conglomerates that are just trying to make a buck, and each process it goes to is a little bit of a is there any wiggle room? Can we do this for a little bit cheaper? You yeah, know? and also like how much did the dad's two percent of blame like save these companies like money? You know what I mean? Like. I, I I think that that was kind I'm of just like curious a, about that. Was there some kind of, yeah, did that, I mean, I guess that meant that he just has to live with that what 2%. they're owed didn't go to it. Yeah. Or just to be like, is that like a slap on the wrist? Be like, watch your kid better. I think that's, that, that's kind of what it came you down know? to. I think that's what it came down to. Yeah, but, I wonder how that would actually go down. Anyhow, yeah. either way, they did get $435,000, but poor baby Ryan is permanently you know, damaged from that. So in 2008, the toys were re-released in Australia with the inclusion of a bitter tasting chemical coating to keep kids from ingesting them. So they probably still had GHB in it. It just tastes bad. It's just bad tasting GHB, which is what they should do to right. GHB in general. Like they should learn GHB should learn something from Aquabeads, like make it taste bad. And then that way people will know and they won't ingest it, you know? But I guess that's the whole problem is like, you can't you can't tell that to GHB. It's not <laughs> big that's GHB. Just, that's just that's just is what it is, right? I know. I know. I mean, if someone wants to use it for nefarious means, they can ease. It's the, they don't have to do anything. You have to do something to the GHB to make it tastes bad. You have to be right. adding that extra step. I it's mean, naturally I, just this fucked up chemical. Right. I, a lot of this banned toy stuff kind of reminds me of like a lot of what we hear with like gun control arguments where it's like, like whose responsibility is it? like GHB just exists. Like it existing doesn't hurt people, but if used in the wrong way, you know what I mean? It's like, it's weird, but it's all right. toys. So in 2009, they were re-released in North America as Pixos and later reintroduced as a girl-orientated product called Chixos, and, which, not great names. Um, and they're still totally available today, but for a moment, they ceased to exist and for good reason. So that that's your first oh, banned toy. Right? I'm, I'm looking up the, the uh, Pixos, and now I'm seeing it because it's a pin. There's a pin that's like loaded oh, with all the beads. Oh, I see. And that's how you can um, make your your little designs, which is just more more trash. Right. Yeah, absolutely. It's just all this stuff just fills <laughs> landfills, dude. N now I'm just on Amazon's like kit, like toy section. Just like secretly just, buying GHB. So no, there's so much. There's so much random bullshit. On I here. know. And that stuff um, just fills landfills, whoa. dude. Like that's kind of that's like what I said in the Pogs episode. Like it's all it's just they're those are just trash. 
you know, and maybe there is some There's... some merit to giving a kid an iPad instead of like a bunch of toys, you know, because at least we're not like. But I mean, iPads are obviously terrible for the environment to produce too. There's no winning here. Toys are awful. We should just play with dirt and rocks. Um, no, toys are fun, and kids have a great time with them. Yeah, so do I. I I'm and surrounded by toys great. right now. Dude. I love iPads. I am surrounded. You know by what toys. I was? You know, I I was just watching. This is a completely off topic. Was um, Shark <laughs> okay. Tank. Okay. I I love Shark Tank. I like just <laughs> discovered it. Um, maybe Aquadots was on Shark Tank. Maybe. Who knows? Yeah. But I love that show. Anyway. Like they're, they're just not <laughs> sold on it. They're like, no, I don't know. I can't see kids playing with this. Story. Well, hold on. We didn't tell you the best part. If you eat them, <laughs> it's GHB. <laughs> sold. Yeah. yeah. So uh, this next section uh, I called, why don't you just throw knives at each other? So. When discussing banned toys with folks of a certain age, no toy comes to mind faster than lawn darts. For folks yes. from our generation, lawn darts were something of an urban legend, something we never saw but always heard about. They have been referenced in dozens of movies and television shows and to this day maintain the reputation of the most dangerous toy ever. Uh, I've never came across lawn darts ever in my life. I think we were a little late generation generationally um this is kind of where this whole idea came from i feel totally. like the whole band toys everyone has asked us to do flagship yeah they are the flagship toy i do it feels like a very it feels kind of this 70s sepia tone like hey jimmy you want to play with my lawn darts and then <laughs> yeah and then and then someone's going to the hospital so yeah. i think we missed we missed that boat i mean you know what? Trampolines. I feel like I Those saw quite a bad. few trampoline in injuries, but trampolines are awesome. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, but but also like trampoline. a trampoline isn't going to um, lodge itself deep into your skull. Um, you might break yeah. a leg or an arm or something. I don't know. But Paintball guns, maybe. Yeah, but, but paintball guns. It says gun in the title. And, and so. there's like what we'll find out with lawn darts is like there's a difference between like a toy and then like an adult activity. Right. Like paintball yes, is, is like a, there's heavy regulations on them. Same with like airsoft guns and stuff. Not to say that kids don't use it, but like you can't just go and, and buy that shit. It's like age restricted. And there's a there's an element of injury that's introduced in the very concept of it. That's not the case with lawn darts. And, and again, like I said, I never, ever came across them in the wild. But when I was a kid, uh, we would play a game called bomb where you would stand in like a tight circle and someone would throw a butcher knife up into the air and you'd go bomb. And then everyone would run away from it. But whoever stayed in the circle like the longest, like while the butcher knife was like spiraling <laughs> back towards the earth, won. And that again reminds uh, me of like the gun argument thing because it's like they're like, oh, well, if you ban guns, people will just make bombs or use knives. And I'm like, well, they ban lawn darts. And so we just started throwing knives into the air. <laughs> Like you, you yeah, will find I mean, a way. I don't want to oversimplify the the whole gun debate, but it no, does, no, no, no. There I, is. I don't a, want to oversimplify no, no, lawn darts. No, no. I just, but for what I was about to say, which is just that there is a degree of humanity that is attracted to danger. Oh yeah. And, you know why did you kids do the uh, butcher and I think that reminds me also of uh, the pass out game, oh. which. <laughs> Where my friends and I would, we, we had somehow some lore, some urban legend, we learned of a way that you could make yourself pass out. And that's what we did uh, for like a month. <laughs> like every weekend for a month, we would just go to a park and pass out. And one person would pass out and 
you know, you'd have this whole, there was a whole set of directions to do. Basically, right. you just get really lightheaded, and then you cut your circulation once you're lightheaded. And we would have someone behind them, there was their spotter. And really what, I don't know, it was just really weird, but there was the sense of like, you have to make sure they don't hit their head on something. But I think why we liked it is because sometimes when pe- whenever people would wake up, they would only be passed out for two seconds, but they would wake up, wake up completely unaware and discombobulated. They had no idea what yeah. happened. Do you know what that is? That's like a child version of like the movie Flatliners, where like those med students like like stop oh, each other's yeah. hearts and then bring each other back like from the brink yeah. of pure death. That's literally like yeah. child like Muppet Babies version of Flatliners. Is just the pass just out like, game. I, Life is just too dull. Yeah, like gotta take like, it to the edge. Yeah, that's it's like just smoke some weed or something, you know, kids. Yeah. Uh, don't make each other pass out. Someone will. Do- kids did die doing the pass out game. But lawn darts, and to re- bring it back, it feels like one of those things where some, you know, fifty year old dude would be like, "You kids ain't shit." Yeah. Back in my day, we had lawn darts. Yeah, we rode our bikes barefoot and didn't wear helmets. It's like, yeah, that's why you're stupid and have three toes. Um, so like most great toys, the inspiration for lawn darts came from ancient weaponry around 500 BC. The Romans used a throwing weapon known as a plumbata. The, the, <laughs> that sounds like a kind That's of a music cool that you would listen to, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, like, oh, plum- I've been really into like this, like Latin plumbata stuff. Plumbata funk. Yeah. Yeah. So the plumbata was basically a throwing arrow or a short spear. Now, somehow this concept was resurrected with a new purpose in the mid 1950s with the invention of lawn darts or jarts, as they became known. In their final form, a lawn dart was essentially a larger version of your typical dartboard dart. They were about a foot in length with a plastic shaft um, and a plastic flight, a.k.a. the fins on the back end, and then tipped with a sharp metal spike. The object of the game was to set up flat targets on the lawn that you would then toss the lawn darts at in hopes of getting them to stand upright in the sections of the target worth the most points. So you could play it just by like throwing it like a dart and like angling it down, or you could throw it way up in the air and try and get it to arch and like fall down, but you wanted it to stick in the lawn, hence lawn darts. All right, that's right. A, and what I could mean- go wrong? At so, some iterate, I don't know if this is the first iteration, but some iterations, it is just, you know, like darts you play at a bar. It is just a humongous version of that. Yeah. So, I mean, you Dude, know, and I've seen like kinda... I've been seeing <laughs> fucked up dart videos, like because my algorithm got all fucked up looking at all this lawn dart stuff. So, like, I saw one of a guy who like <laughs> he has his hand on the dartboard, like he's gonna let his friend throw a dart at his hand, and then the dart just like whoop, like goes right into his forehead. And it's just like yeah. sticking there. So if those little things can hurt you, imagine just a bigger a one. A big one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, it did not take long for the summertime staple to find itself in hot water. In 1970, just a little over a decade after being introduced to the toy market, the Consumer Product Safety Commission banned jarts, citing the unignorable danger that they posed to young children. However, several companies that produced the toys sidestepped the ban by changing the way that the toy was marketed. Rather than a family or children-friendly summer activity, lawn darts were then marketed as an adult product, complete with a not-for-children label. However, that did not stop families from buying lawn darts or children from playing with them. 
that's the, so they're just like, right. oh, well, we'll just make this for adults, like slap not for kids on it. But how many things do we see? I mean, if you get an inner tube for the pool, it says not for children, you know? It's it's too uh, it's too soft of a uh, reprim. It's a slap on the wrist. Right. Sometimes people it. need, you know, because um, it's just not enough. You're like, oh, sure, it's for adults now. It looks yeah, the exactly. exact same, you know. And also, that feels like that goes into the desire of like oh it's for adults like and you're a kid yeah so you're just na- you're just naturally like this sounds like it's kind of edgy now right so now well, i really want know, one like the old saying goes if a slap on the wrist doesn't work try a lawn dart to the fucking skull so between 1978 and 1986 there were over 6100 reported er visits due to injuries sustained while playing with lawn darts 81% of those injured were under the age of 15 and 50% of those kids were under the age of 10. So it is incredibly fucked up. So yeah, under the age of 10. I mean, that's it's a staggering amount and obviously it shows that if 81 what was it 81% of the injuries that made up the ER visits from lawn darts were like 15 and under, it just goes to show that those adult labels don't do shit. Like, no. you know, and it also doesn't account for the amount of lawn darts that were already in possession of families. You know what I mean? That they would pull them out. Like it's this like these these could be the older ones that didn't have the labels. It doesn't really matter. They still are out there in the world and they're easily accessible. Well, because ultimately it you mean what it is, is, you know, every individual store, you got to say, how are they selling these products? Right. right. If they yeah. choose to say, hey, kid, let me see your ID or... For these lawn a darts. dollars a dollar, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is also a time... I mean, I guess since starting the 80s, it became more... But even with alcohol, it, you know, it was much less... It was a lot easier to get alcohol if you were underage in the 70s. It'd be funny, um, like, if you're, like, 16 and you're, like, all nervous and you're buying, like, a, a big box of beer and then, like, some lawn darts and they're like, can't sell these to you, kid. You're just like, uh... It's it's for my dad. They're like, well, your dad's not gonna have lawn darts this year. Beer's gonna be thirty bucks or whatever it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, less, it's like the also, lawn darts or a Playboy. Yeah. <laughs> Last we Two forget, very though, different paths. There were several deaths that also occurred, but those weren't included in those statistics because they weren't admitted to the ER. Like they were just DOA. So fucking, you know, that's not even included. And those numbers only reflect those that actually went to the hospital. There were thousands more injuries that were just treated at home. Those those were the guys I'm they were like back in my day. Yeah, you see the scar? Th- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Now, in April of 1987, aerospace engineer David Snow of Riverside, California, purchased a volleyball set for his family. This particular set also included lawn darts. It was like a catch-all, like, summertime set, right? So it might have, like, a slip-and-slide volleyball lawn darts. Now, Snow's nine-year-old son and his friends stumbled upon the lawn dart set and took them into the backyard to play with. The young boy hurled one of the darts over the backyard fence accidentally. That dart came plunging down into the skull of his seven-year-old sister, Michelle, with an impact estimation of around 23,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. After three days in intensive care, Michelle Snow passed away. Her father, David, vowed to make it his life's mission to ensure no one would be harmed by lawn darts ever again. Incredibly fucking tragic. That's really sad. It's tragic. And again, I mean, that's where it's kind of it's it's supposed to be a toy. Right. So you wouldn't imagine that that's kind of one of the 
I mean, you know, we grew up with Nerf guns, right? Like that can't. I mean, it could still kind of poke your eye a little bit. I had a There's psychopath still, neighbor, dude. That but, would he would open up his Nerf guns and take out the air restrictor, so you would get welts and shit. <laughs> Right. Okay. So there's ways around it. For sure. <laughs> I that know that's not of, normal, by the um, way. <laughs> but ultimately, the the concept of a Nerf gun is it's soft. It's not, right. you know. But the the darts again, it's just um, I and that's that's really tragic. And it does make me, uh, it does remind me of a really tragic um, story. Uh, it was in The Sopranos when uh, <laughs> a really Ralph tragic C story that doesn't exist. Ra no, Ra Ralph Cifaretto, his son, they they. He dies in a similar manner. It's not lawn darts, but they were playing a game, uh, and you know it. Terribly it really tragic. Was, it could have been. It could have been a turning point world. for Ralphie. We're talking about a real. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I. <laughs> it, it was. You know, it's a it's a tragic moment in the in the show. I gotta say, within yeah, um, within the Joey context. Pantalone, you know. Yeah, hey, yeah, yeah. You know, he's got rest he's in got peace depth. to both of them. All right, he's got, he's got depth. Um, but that being said, uh, wait, Joey Pants isn't dead, is he? What? No, no, the kid that died in the Sopranos. Oh, the kid. Oh, and, and the kid yeah. that died. I, in I, real I gotta life. get off this shit. Yes, yeah. no, Michelle Snow. It is no. It's I didn't mean to to make light of it. It's that is. Again, dying from a toy, because that's just got to be one of those things that, again, like the first, uh, like the Aqua Dots, you know, you're just, there probably is that 2% that blame, right? The dad's just right. like, well, I brought these stupid fucking toys to my family. You know, like that's something you're not going to be able to I mean, think about the brother, off. dude, nine years yeah. old, and, you, and you're the one that threw the dart. Like that's, it's terrible on all sides. You know what I mean? Like, Everyone's going to tell you it's not your fault, but to be able to actually overcome that I mean, guilt you did has throw got it. to be really, you know I mean? really tough. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Uh, the kid, uh, the brother Snow, I don't know what's up with him. He might, He might have had a messed up life from that. Who knows? Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll just want to say lawn darts have to be like the stupidest fucking toy to die from, too, man. Like the stupid fucking dart for the lawn. And that's what like, God, it's just tragic. Now, the dad, David Snow, he began citizen detective work, basically. And he found out about the companies avoiding the initial ban in 1970 and was furious. So through his research and constant contact with the Consumer Product Safety Commission, it was discovered that there were other attempts at banning jarts. Again, I don't know why they're called jarts. I don't know why uh, they're called jarts. Darts, it's a jarts. Weird, it's yeah. a thing. Um, but there were other attempts at banning jarts, but the CPSC, as we're going to call it from now on, claimed that there wasn't enough injuries to warrant an all-out ban. But due to David Snow's insistence that they reassess, the CPSC realized that their reports were flawed and that lawn darts were being lumped into injury statistics of other types of darts. And when they isolated the injury caused just by lawn darts alone, the numbers were staggering. So that was the whole thing. Like they, they would look at like like the lawn dart numbers by themselves, but that it, it's, it's kind of complicated. Basically a lot of the numbers for lawn darts weren't being reported separately. They were being lumped in with dart toys. So like if any kind of dart game, uh, lawn darts would be included if injuries were reported from them. And, and no one really right. knew how many people were being hurt just from lawn darts. Cause you would, you were only able to pull up how many people were hurt by darts in general. And then once, once they started sifting through that and they realized, Oh, so many of these aren't actually from dartboards. It's pretty much all from lawn darts. That's when it right. caught their attention. 
it's it's basically like a miniature javelin is what it yeah. is like, it was a weapon in ancient rome yeah yeah and it's i guess they i mean apparently uh they still work yeah as that you know what i mean like they're still fucking right piercing people so the other disturbing piece of information that came to light was that there were 21 different lawn dart sets produced by 14 different companies that failed to comply with the safety regulations, particularly when it came to the labels. The CPSC also found that 53 retailers who sold lawn darts still put them in the toy aisles alongside other children's products. Soon after this avalanche of negligence was uncovered, it was time for a vote on changing the regulations. But Snow knew that that was not enough, and he went all the way to Washington to lobby for a complete ban. The commission voted in favor of the ban two to one. The vo- Who's the one guy holding out? Like, he's got, like, his Hawaiian shirt on. The Z's on his nose. Lawn darts in his hands. Dart. Yeah, <laughs> big dart. For, for big toy, for big toy. He works for big toy, you know? I'm just excited. He's like, my summer he's is fucking to- ruined. He's got like Lawn Dart Champ, like 72 <laughs> t shirt on. You know? <laughs> he's like, great. He's, yeah, he, he toys are us in his pocket, you know? Yeah, Jeffrey the giraffe. Yeah, just like in a suit, it was like Jeffrey. smoking. Like, listen, I'm going to sell whatever the fuck I want. Now, that vote took place the same week an 11-year-old in Tennessee lapsed into a coma after being struck in the head by a lawn dart. So one week before Christmas of 1988, lawn darts were officially banned outright. But we still weren't safe. So does that mean it's illegal? I mean, it's obviously illegal to sell it, right? It's illegal to sell it. It's illegal to to make them. Well, we'll get to that. So okay. though lawn darts were banned from stores and were no longer being produced, they were actually it was you can't produce them. It's illegal. Uh, they were still out there waiting for their next victim. Jarts found their way into the attics, basements, yard sales and thrift stores of America. And the accidents continued. In fact, there were so many lawn dart related incidents still happening that in 1997, the CPSC issued a second ban urging the public to destroy any lawn darts they might come across. Like, if you have these, turn them in, destroy them, make sure no one can come into contact with these. Because, again, yeah, it's like, okay, no more lawn darts. These are dangerous. Give them to the Goodwill, yard sale, throw them out. Kids are still finding them. People are still playing with them. That's not enough. This is a story where it's just like, no, a little bit more. the fuck rid of these things, man. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But as with anything that is banned, an underground market for summertime skull skewers began to grow. In 2009, a website titled Jarts in Your Heart. <laughs> I, dude, I, <laughs> they don't, I don't, like, I'm sure they get the irony, but I think, like, these are, like, Jart lovers, and they're like, yeah, I'll always keep a Jart close to my heart. It's like, yeah, or anywhere else it happens to land on your body, you psycho. But, uh, yeah, so the website wow. called Jarts in Your Heart, they sold the individual parts to make your own lawn darts. Kind of like these guys, like these 3D printer gun nuts, where they're like, we're not selling guns, but with our blueprints, you can print one out and it's totally legal same thing with these charts so also on on top of that there is still to this day an annual jart competition held in dayton ohio where jarts go to leave mm. and people go um, to die. well okay i'm actually looking at jarts in your heart and uh the first thing that says is sometimes danger comes hand in hand with cool and most of <laughs> us enjoy teetering on that edge every now and then but then it goes on to basically say that you shouldn't be stupid enough to get hurt from them. You should be able to enjoy them and don't be so dumb that you can't 
enjoy uh, lawn darts. There's that's, also that now sounds, that's, that's such a fucking insensitive description. Like again, again, like I, I, I know, I know it's not the same thing. All right, don't get all crazy. I know it's not the same thing, but it doesn't that remind you of the gun thing where it's like, I mean, fucking stupid. Like don't well, be dumb with it's them. Kinda, you know? Well, it's like guns don't kill people. People kill people. It's yeah, like, darts don't. Lawn kill people. darts <laughs> don't crack skulls. People crack skulls. Yeah. <laughs> don't be um, so stupid. Yeah. I'm also just on a website called coolthings.com. So for whatever wow. that's Wow. Whose dick did they have to suck to get that domain? Um, the uh, <laughs> There are new uh, soft lawn darts, though. Right. Yeah, but yeah. honestly, so, I'd rather throw a butcher knife up in the backyard, you know? So you're, you're, you think they're coolthings.com, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> you, you, once they've they've so the lawn dart has literally been defanged essentially. Like it's it's the same. Sh no, it's the same shape, but now it has like a soft, right, rounded. I've seen those. Tip. I guess it's like a weighted tip. Um, which again, it, I mean, that's almost like cornhole at that point. Yeah. You know. Right. And I mean, cornhole. Everyone seems to love that game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess hey, you get bean bagged yeah, in the dude, nuts. You know but. what though? If I go to like a bar or like a, like a bar food place and they have cornhole out for like the guests to play, I I'm like I gotta go home. Like I hate this place. Like that's like <laughs> yeah. that that to me is like an immediate sign that I'm not gonna like the the establishment I'm so, at if they have like public cornhole. Right. Well, so what this is making me think of now is axe throwing, right? Oh yeah, what's up with that? <laughs> Because that that <laughs> don't they serve booze? I've never done yeah. axe throwing. But I mean, dude, I, to me, that goes to show you how dangerous charts are. It whatever fun uh, the axe throwing could be is that I just feel like it's gonna cost like a little too much for me to feel like this is actually fun anymore. Um, because you know you can just get a hatchet and like throw. I've like you can just go throw it in the woods with your friends. Like yeah. I've done that before. So. You know, the whole axe throwing thing, that to me, that's my, I, I don't know, the cornhole was whatever. Uh, <laughs> but the axe throwing just feels like this very sort of, it seems weird to me. Well, you know, dude, you kind of just said it best. Like, it is safer to get drunk and throw axes in a public place than it is to play lawn darts. Like if you're, is it, I mean, that's the thing. Are they are is big axe like hiding <laughs> injuries? You know, big hatchet. Our boys ICP. Uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But what does it all mean? I guess it means that the world is a dangerous place, especially for children. It is a parent's job to ensure their child's safety, but sometimes, hell, a lot of times, that job is made incredibly more difficult by unforeseen hazards. Sure, you can test a toy for safety, but humans in general are unpredictable creatures, and you never know how a product will end up being used or abused, even if the abuse comes by accident or ignorance. Just about everything can pose a threat to a young child. So maybe toy manufacturers should consider this before releasing products into the world that even after rigorous testing could still come out of left field and roofie you or pierce your skull. Right? And that's kind of what the, what this first volume of Banned Toys is uh, saying to me. You know, and it's a it's a it's a valiant effort um and always, I always love your what does it all means. I'm going to have to say it doesn't mean anything. Yeah, you're right. It was actually <laughs> kind ways, of a stretch for me to write this one. No, also, but no, I love it. I love it. I love what you write always on, the, especially these. But there's something about it where you're just like, 
shit happens. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of. I couldn't know. do that. I couldn't just do that. But yeah, you're um, right. I mean, and of I course know that. Not. I know that we're going to be doing other volumes of this, so this is kind of the blanket statement for all of these. But, like, I mean, the Snack Time Cabbage Patch Kid, I'll probably have some other fucking existential fucking philosophical bullshit to say about that uh, when we talk about that. No, please. No, please. No, I, I but, love... I love the way you can make But yeah, make no, it lawn happen. darts and aqua beads, make they, they don't really mean nothing. shit. Yeah. But so, ultimately, yeah, it's fascinating the way that you think you're going to make a toy that's fun. And then these kind of unforeseen ways. And here you go. Now it's a, a hazard. Yeah. So I, I, I agree with what you're saying. And I think, I'm, I think axe throwing is going to be on there, honestly. <laughs> well, that's I, an adult activity. You know, it's not like they're... A- like having kids go and, and do that. Um, I think but, maybe that's a maybe that's a future dump is this whole axe throwing thing, or like we'll rage see. rooms, we'll where like you pay yes. to like break shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Again, something you can just do for free if you go into a store with a golf club. Like, just don't get caught on your way out. You <laughs> right. know. So, folks, yes, please do uh, get, lend us some support if you can. It helps us out greatly if you sign up to our Patreon, where you get so, so, so many bonus episodes, different series. I just uh, dropped a docu-dump. Um, docu-dumps are pretty short, but it's me reviewing documentaries that I suggest. And I just watched Bama Rush about the uh, University of Alabama's uh, sorority rush and recruitment thing. Yeah. Holy shit. Uh, that was nuts. So check that out. That's patreon.com slash culture. Dump or cul- yeah, that's it. Right. Patreon.com slash culture dumps. Yeah, you got. Yeah. I say it. So, <laughs> dude, I'm like now. Slash, now I got patreon.com slash culture. Dump. Yeah. And our store where I have all kinds of memorable, like, you know, memorabilia, movies, books, uh, some merch uh, on there. We're going to have more like culture dumps and podcast 99 merch uh, going up soon. But right now you can own a piece of history. Uh, you can get some Woodstock 99 shirts, uh, you know, or uh, possibly a, a I have a, what an issue of Mad Magazine with the OJ Simpson trial featured on the cover. You know, I mean, we got all kinds of different stuff on there. It's it's really okay. uh, kind of wild. If it was a real store, uh, we'd probably go out of business immediately. But I have uh, the benefit <laughs> of not needing a brick and mortar. So check that out. That's culturedumps.bigcartel.com. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at culturedumps and like I said at the start of this episode, this episode really did come from people emailing us suggestions and putting their thoughts in. So send us an email at culturedumps at gmail.com. I'm Ryan Lichten. I'm Parks Miller. Keep on dumping. And it's a lawn dart. And I don't know if you know what a lawn dart is. Very similar to the darts you throw at boards, except they're this big. And the blade's about this big, and the plastic part's about this. Very well aerodynamically designed. And I grab it. And out of courtesy, I wipe the dirt off with my hand, right? Don't want to give them a disease. And I just hurdle this thing like a hand grenade and literally didn't look. I was like, whatever, it'll scare him. It'll buzz past his head. This thing goes, my brother's walking. He's like, yeah. And he goes, oh, uh, and he's just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And he starts running around the yard. And this thing is, like, hanging out the back of his head. And he's running around screaming. And my dad is, it comes out of the house. And he's like, what the hell's going on? And my brother runs past him. And my dad just grabs the lawn dart as it, like, removes from his head. And then Paul goes down and runs a quarter mile down the road. And my dad, being a doctor, the scariest part was he'd explain exactly what could have happened to you. And he's like, you could have paralyzed your brother. How do you feel about that?